guest for today on our podcast on episode 12 is Blimi Heller, which your name is just walking in front of you about you being a one of the best parenting coaches, which is for me a true honor to have you here today. And thank you so much, Blimi, for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I don't know if I'm the best, but I'm happy that uh, people appreciate what I share. Yes, which is, to me, it's very special. I used to give parenting classes for many, many years. So I am very excited to have this conversation. So tell me, Blimi, what got you in to be a parenting coach? Yeah, so it really was my own experience as a child, plus my own experience with my own child. So it was a combination, you know, growing up, I saw the way children were treated overall, myself, and not only by like, you know, my own parents, by society, by schools and teachers. And I, I remember even then feeling like, I don't like it. I wish children were treated with more respect. And then when I became a parent myself, though, I was really struggling with what does that mean? And how does that look? Because I need to get my child to do certain things. And how do I get my child to brush my teeth who doesn't want to brush her teeth? And how do I, you know, and I was really struggling with those everyday things and not knowing how to navigate it in a way that was respectful. So my own struggles led me down a path of trying to look into like, what should I do? I feel so lost. And I found a lot of amazing information that really changed my whole parenting. And I felt so, it really, um, like, I think it saved my whole parenting trajectory. And I felt so passionate about it because I saw how impactful it was with my own relationship with my child, but also because it really spoke to my values as a parent. And I remember thinking like, wouldn't it be amazing if other parents could hear this too? And if it resonates with them, they could then practice it and do it. So, so, so needed. So, so you're talking about your child. So how old was your child at the time? And when was it for you, you growing up, when you felt like something is not right and something is missing? Yeah. So my own child was uh, four years old. I mean, she was, even when she was two, I found it very hard. But, you know, when she was four is when I was really uh, done. You know, when I was really like, I need to find another way. I can't do this anymore. And when I started searching for this information and started shifting the way I was parenting her. Um, with my own childhood, I think it was very gradual. It was one small step at a time. You know, um, it probably started from a very young age, maybe when I was six, seven years old, where sometimes I feel like this isn't fair. This isn't right. Why, why do they do this to kids? Why do my teachers send us, you know, speak so strictly to us or why, you know, like things like that. And then getting a little older and thinking like, why am I being punished? Why doesn't somebody just talk to me and explain things to me and understand where I'm coming from and work something out together? Like, I'm not a bad person. I don't have bad intentions. Like I'm just trying to figure it out as best as I can. I need help. You know, I remember having that awareness very clearly, maybe around 12 years old. That's and young. So, yeah. Yeah. And then, um, just, and then when I became a teenager, it really bothered me the way teachers and principals would, uh, treat me and other students, you know, almost as if we were, you know, yeah, like we weren't capable human beings almost as if like we needed to be controlled or something and so that really bothered me yeah i wanted to ask you if you felt in a way you were dictated yes exactly yes but there was like we were yeah and i remember really thinking that like why are we being treated this way like if we were cage animals you know who were <laughs> needed to be contained then i would understand but i was like i'm i don't think i'm a cage animal i 
I think I'm very reasonable and you can talk to me and I understand things. And so do my friends. And we have such mature conversations and we really care about people. So why are we being treated as if we don't? Yes, that makes so much sense. My son, he as a trauma healer, what he sees in his practice. So he believes so much that that fear and the mm. uh, and the letting go of something, which what is really the something, is so scary that that holding on to that and and that kind of false belief that that's how I'm going to hold on to my kids. That's how I'm going to have them be disciplined and good human beings. Exactly. Exactly. I think it comes from a good place, even with the adults. Just like I said, I think I'm a good person and I have good intentions. I think the adults also have good intentions. And I love it. What you said, I think it does come from a place of thinking, this is the way to make sure that they're, like you said, disciplined, that they're mentioned, that they're contributing yeah. responsible members of society. But yeah. I think it's so sad to think that that's the way, because it in is. my experience, it really is not a very um, helpful way. No, no, no. Absolutely not. But going back to the generational trauma. Exactly. We're, yeah, we're maybe not even aware how much it is here and it exists. Yeah, like how much it shows up in our everyday lives, right? And how do you find that being influencing you as an adult? Like having all those thoughts and, and growing up with methods that you didn't think they're so right for you. Yeah. So when, because I grew up with it and I didn't like it, I wanted to change it. But at the same time, this is the fascinating part. There were many parts of me that believed in it in a way that were, yeah, that were scared to let go of it. Like I remember when first reading, like, you don't have to punish your children. And I remember feeling like relief. Like I knew it. I knew I don't have to, like I knew from when I was a child, I don't have to. Right. And it, but then my child would do something and a huge, a bunch of voices came up inside of me. You need to punish her. You need to. Otherwise, she's not going to learn. So, like, we have to realize we're so complicated as human beings, you know? Oh, yeah. Even though, like, my, you know, mature, bleamy, you know, was like, no, I don't want to do this. There were so many parts of me that still really, I guess, really bought into that conditioning. It bought into, like, yeah, children need that in order to learn. True. The question yeah. is just, how do we teach children, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's a big question. And we're children too. Mm, As Dr. Yeah. Hendricks writes in his book, I'm okay, you're okay. And he talks a lot about that each one of us, we're an adult, we're a child, and we're a parent. Yeah. All those three things within us. Yeah. So I would love to hear more about your method. All this realization and, and, and so much... I so much can understand what you're saying, that those mixed messages kind of, those voices and those different voices. So yeah. as a result of that, what is it that you did about it? Yeah. I mean, obviously successfully. Yeah, well, I would, successfully-ish, <laughs> meaning I'm a human being who's very flawed and I don't necessarily always practice what I preach or even, you know, stand by my own values as a parent. Of course, Which I fall out sense. of, yeah, I lose We're myself. Not perfect. I, we don't want to be perfect. Exactly. Exactly. So I just want to be clear about that in case anybody thinks I've got it down, you know, perfectly. It's a journey always. Also, I keep learning and growing more. 
Um, but for me, it was really, um, I think going for help <laughs> and really learning how to navigate those parts of me and learning how to like understand where it's coming from inside of me and why I feel that way. And then to learn how to listen to that part of me instead of obeying that part of me, just listening to it, listening to, you know, the message that it's carrying. Sometimes it's because it really cares about disciplining my child or it's a part of me that was hurt in childhood or whatever it is. And so um, I just had to learn to really integrate those parts, listen to those parts. And it really was mostly about working on myself. Which at the end of the day, that's always the bottom line, right? Exactly. But it's much easier said than done. And I, and, and I find that any human being, but especially women and moms, if they can take that time and, and go for healing and be honest with themselves and others, that's huge. It is huge. Be honest with themselves and others. I think that's also huge, especially for women. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what they say. A lot more men sit in jail and a lot more women sit by therapists. <laughs> so there is something about women, I think, that we're more willing to be open and to understand and, and connect to what is real. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we're more connected to our vulnerability yes. or less afraid of it. Yeah. yeah. Not the macho and the... Mm, right. Yeah, yeah. So tell me, Blini, more about what you developed as a result of that. What yeah. did you realize besides for your of... own journey as a parenting coach? What did I realize about parenting yeah. or parenting. Going, down, going down this path? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I realized that most of the things that we've been told or fed about parenting uh, are not necessarily true, meaning we don't have to believe it just because our parents did or, or it doesn't mean that it's the best thing for our children just because it was good for us or maybe it wasn't good for us. But so and, and it just learns to listen to my intuition more. And to question everything, not to take everything and be like, oh, that's for sure the case or that's, you know. And so I really learned that respecting my child and focusing on the relationship first as the most important thing is the best way for me um, to go about parenting and is really the best way to teach my child and guide my child and discipline them and help them see a better way is really through the relationship. It's not separate from the relationship and that respect and dignity have to be at the center of it all. For me, that's what I uh, discovered. And that's the message that I share with parents and it resonates with a lot of parents. Some parents, it doesn't also, and that's fine. Like, so you find some parent that contradict you? Yeah. Some parents, you know, it really doesn't resonate. They don't, or or, I shouldn't say it doesn't resonate completely, but there's parts of it that really worry them or, or they're like, I don't know if I agree with that. And I, I, I actually, my approach is to never try to convince someone. I always say, like, listen to that part of you. There's something important that's trying to tell you. There's obviously something that's very important to you. And I'm not necessarily saying that what I'm, that the way I'm suggesting is not a good idea for you. Maybe it is, but your resistance is telling you something. Right. Why are you resisting? Exactly. That's such a good question. Yeah. You know, in Hebrew, they say, Yeled lo ra, ra lo. A child is not bad. But Ralo, mm. something is bothering the child. Right. There is no right. bad children. Did you see little infants that are mean or they're bad? Yeah. They're, they're so little helpless 
human yeah. beings that yeah. the nurturing and the connection and the bonding and and how the neurotransmitters are being built and and the chemicals are being balanced makes a difference for the rest of their life. Yeah, it really, really does. And and like you said, they're little people who are just learning how everything works. And they're they're really they're, this is another thing I learned is that like I didn't understand anything about development, you know, before trying to look at information. And I realized that children really have a lot of skills that they're lacking, a lot because their brain is not fully developed and so we almost ex look at them and then when they act like a five-year-old <laughs> we get worried and we're like we imagine already the future when they're 20 years old that they're going to do this and we lose our minds i used to do this all the time oh my goodness they're they're most likely not going to do that when they're 20. this is what five-year-olds do because five-year-olds are still lacking a ton of skills and you're going to help them with those skills and and eventually everything will sort itself out but they're so it's so hard to trust that we get so worried as parents, you know, but right. it's this very slow process and they really do need our nurturance and our guidance more than they need our, you know, heavy hands. Yes. So you're talking a lot about deve developmental psychology, how Correct. the brain develops, Correct. when and how the subconscious develops. And, and um, that is all very meaningful and very, very real. I, I yeah. couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, yeah. I, I that's really when I came across parent information, I followed a lot of developmental psychologists and started understanding development. And I was like, why did nobody teach me this before? You know? Yeah. yeah. And also maybe from your experience with other parents and yourself as a parent, tell me if this speaks to you that as better parents we're not perfect but as better parents as we can possibly be we have a better chance for our children to develop in a healthy manner i i think so i think that's what the research shows and that's what probably um common sense you know lets us know yeah is that you know the healthier we can be or i, I don't really love the word healthy but you know the, the more emotionally present we can be and the more we can integrate parts of ourselves and reach uh reach towards a sense of wholeness of course that impacts our children you know the more they're nurtured um dr bessel van der kolk i love his quote i say it all the time he always says the parent-child connection is the most powerful mental health intervention known to mankind right and so it, it is they have a lot of like i said studies to show that really the, the the nurturance and the love is creates a lot of resilience people think it's opposite they think like you know if children are toughened up they're going to be resilient now there is like now there is a, a smidgen of truth to that meaning that a little bit of stress with but with support it does build resilience but we're not talking about first of all stress without support and we're not talking about way too much stress where like it's too distressing to the child children need a lot of support so um yeah it just it shows that really these things impact the child for their for for their life um how they're nurtured and um of course the more we can show up and be present for them i imagine the better it is for them yeah. of course there's also exceptions i'm saying there's children who will go through very difficult childhoods who end up being incredible people meaning it's not deterministic mm -hmm. we're all um it's not a one size fits all exactly and we're all capable of change and growth and it's not like a it's not a science a science equation you know and nothing's a guarantee but it still makes a lot of sense exactly it still makes yeah yeah for sure for sure so when you talk about not punishing children 
I like yeah. that line. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So what I mean is that I understand punishment to mean inflicting pain or removing pleasure because a child did something wrong, did something not okay that they shouldn't do. They acted in a way that was hurtful to someone else or to themselves or against, you know, what's considered okay. And that's what is considered a very uh, good or helpful way to teach children. It's like, how else will children know that it was not okay if you don't somehow make them like suffer because of it, you know? And I don't necessarily believe that that's how, what children need in order to learn. I believe that uh, you can talk to them, you can explain things to them, you can also support them and help them. So uh, if let's say a child hits another child, punishing would be like, you don't hit, go to your room, right? So that's the punishment. If in some way I'm removing, by removing the child from your space, you're actually taking away a sense of connection. And all of us are yearn for connection and we all want to feel close to our parents. And so it, it's a little bit painful for the child to be removed and be like, you don't belong with us, go away, right? That's why it's a punishment. And for me, I think that it's, we don't have to do that in order for the child to learn. Even though I, sometimes I understand that it's necessary in order to protect children in the moment or if a parent is very overwhelmed and flustered, but I don't believe that the punishment is what we need in order for the child to learn. I believe we can actually first understand why the child was hitting. Where was it coming from? What were they trying? There's always a need behind every behavior. Behavior is communication. The child was trying to get something done. They used a strategy that was not okay. Hitting somebody is not okay, right? But I want to help this child with what other strategy can you use? If, if let's say you hit because you were upset that the other person said no to you, how else can you navigate when you're very upset because the other person said no without hitting them? And so I'll talk to my child about how you can do that. Now, I also understand, even though I talk to them about it, the next time something like that happens, they probably will hit again because remember I discussed developmental, um, you know, psychology and, and that they're little, it's, it's, it's not even psychology. It's also like just, you know, neuro, Neuroscience, neuroscience about how the brain yeah so they're little and they're still developing the skill of impulse control which means being able to control when they have an impulse to hit to control themselves they can't control themselves they don't have the ability to make choices so we have to recognize that that they're going to do even though you're teaching them they're going to do it again and i don't think they have to be punished for the fact that they miss skills missing yeah, so, skills so when i used to give a lot of parenting classes I used to speak about consequences as opposed to punishment. And those are not the same because a consequence is like a, a natural outcome. You spill mm. the milk, so now take the paper towel or the towel and water and clean it up. You mm -hmm. threw the laundry, so now let's come and put it in place. Mm -hmm. So they have to be connected, right? Mm -hmm. Not because I spilled now the milk, you're not going tomorrow night to a wedding. Or yeah, you're not going yeah. downstairs to play, which yeah. parents do that, you know? Right. To me, it's right, unfortunately, they lost, but they, they do that. They don't know. Right. Exactly. Not in a sense of blaming, but like, right. what's the connection between now not going down to play to throwing the blank, just go pick it up? Right. And right. I actually don't even call that a consequence. I call that like making amends only because I, I don't like the word consequences because it's become so confused with punishments. Now people say, oh, I don't give a punishment. It's just a consequence. But then when I look at the actual action, I'm like, how is it different from a punishment? You know, like it, to me, it doesn't really make sense. So that's why mm -hmm. I don't like the word consequence because I feel like it gets confusing. 
but yeah, I, I agree with you. If we make a mess, we clean it up. If you do, you know, and I, I, I think that that's makes so much sense. And that's just part of being like a caring human being who, you know, cares about the impact of their actions and what they've done. Um, yeah. I also think that punishments, uh, really a lot of times shut down a child's sense of caring and sense of responsibility. I know parents are trying to do that when they punish a child to get them to care, you know, or to get them to take, but I actually think it does the opposite because they become so full of either anger towards the parent, like, why are you punishing me or shame about themselves? Um, that they, they actually, it makes it harder for them to connect to what, what they did and how it impacts other people. I really like to, uh, as much as possible, preserve the sensitivity that my child has and not to harden them. And so I like to take those opportunities to talk to them and to really help them uh, recognize the impact of their actions and to stay connected to their care. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, and not I do. become full of shame. Well, let's and say, what would you do when the child hits? The child needs to somehow understand that that's a boundary we don't cross. Yeah. We can yeah, explain, so I, I we can talk, but we cannot use our hands. Correct. But I also realized that it's going to take a while, depending on the child's age, if we're talking about a little five, five-year-old or if we're talking about a 10-year-old, but you know, if it, that they're still learning and they're still developing a lot of skills. So of course they're going to still hit sometimes. And we have to, I think in parenting, it really requires a patience, patience yeah. for maturity to occur. Patient, maturity takes a long time, but also um, realistic expectations and, and developing a little bit of like, I call like a ho-hum attitude of like, okay, so he's a child. He just did it again. Now, again, if it, it's a, if it's very unsafe what they're doing and it's very dangerous, then a, a parent has to Even then a little put something. Dangerous. If it's if it enters the danger zone. <laughs> yeah. Then, mm. then, then you, then a parent has to do something to protect the children and to make sure it doesn't happen. And then maybe, you know, we could talk about what a parent could do, but in most situations I find it's, it's not dangerous. It's just not, not the best thing. And we, you know, we quickly, we, we quickly step in, we try to create, we stop them. We tell them, you know, this is a different way to communicate. And, and parents do find that over time, slowly with repetition, they do adopt better strategies and yeah. different ways of communicating rather than hitting. Do you find that moms take this on on themselves like they are failures when a child is acting out? For sure. For sure. That's, I think, a huge thing in our culture. I mean, people blame parents for that. I, I see on social media, if a parent will post a video of their child acting a certain way, you look at the comments and everybody says like, oh, such bad parenting. Look how this child is acting. Like immediately when a child acts, you know, in a way that isn't great, people assume it's because the parent is parenting badly, like terrible parent. When really a lot of the times it's just because the child's a kid or the child struggles with, you know, I don't know, they have every child is different. Every child struggles with different things and, and they're children, you know, children do these things. Children don't act very civilized. Uh, all the time you know they're still learning and so even yeah, adults parents... are not always so civilized oh exactly that's <laughs> a really good point we're not done maturing when we're 18 exactly but children especially will act in ways that like older people don't right and so um parents for sure i think feel very very i don't even for myself I, I do even and i don't even prescribe subscribe to that you know belief that like what a child does is their parents fault or whatever and so not not necessarily the parent and I, I, I feel if like my child acts a certain way in public, I feel mortified. I'm embarrassed. It's like, oh my gosh, what are people thinking about me? How are they it's judging taking me? Taking on those self-shame and, yeah. and failure feelings, yeah, which I think exactly. can be a big struggle. 
Exactly. Exactly. There's a sense of like, we start judging ourselves and feeling exactly what you said, like shame comes up, you know? And I think a lot of times parents will actually discipline from a place of shame, meaning they're feeling so ashamed, like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. People saw me do this. Or what are people going to think? Or what if I, and there's a lot of that. And sometimes parents will then like yell at their children or punish mm -hmm. them from that place of like, it gives them a sense. It gives their shame, a sense of like relief. Like yeah. I'm doing something about it. A little impulsive. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of impulse control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes so much sense because children is at the end of the day our continuation. So yeah. they very much mirror the way that we can see ourselves as parents. Yeah. And yeah. to separate those two is major. It is really, really major. Yeah. And I think that really it takes a parent like, and I have so much compassion for parents who feel shame and all these things. I do too, you know, being able to, um, sit with those feelings instead of doing something quickly, like doing the impulse that comes up. And this is what we want to teach our children too, just to let that feeling move through your body, you know, sit, sit with, with it. it. Don't act exactly. Don't act on it. Just be with it. Like Painful feelings are a part of life. We're all going to feel them like just to sit with it. And that's really the idea here, you know, and, 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 and that's the thing. Isn't it funny? You said how, you know, we were like adults still struggle with impulse control. Exactly. As parents, sometimes we can recognize that in ourselves sure. where we struggle to control our impulses. Right. So, so it, I see it as really, I'm learning alongside my children how to do this. For I'm sure. learning alongside my children how to be with my sit with my feelings instead of acting on it right away. Um, you know, all the things that I'm trying to teach them, I'm trying to teach myself, <laughs> learn myself. That, that's a very good method. My kids mm -hmm. are all adults and I'm still learning. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> I'm, I'm learning, forever going to be learning. I'm learning on the grandkids. <laughs> you, you just keep learning. Yeah, yeah, for and, sure. And I, I, what do you, what is your take? And then I know you have to go. What is your take about motherhood in general when moms if they're ready if they're not ready um how that impacts their parenting is there some self-work they have to do with themselves before you, you mean ready to be a to be a parent yeah so okay well, i'm not sure i understand your question you're saying if a parent becomes a parent before they're ready yeah do you is, find that to make a difference of course of course. I mean, if you want to be really real here, I work with parents like that all the time. And um, there's a there's a lot of feelings that most of us are too ashamed to talk about and we don't want to acknowledge that it exists. Um, but feelings of resentment that they feel. I didn't have a choice. I didn't want. And then on top of that, see, children are very, very hard to take care of, if we're being honest. Like they are, it takes a lot of any parent to take care of children. They're human beings and little children, like we discussed, are first of all uncivilized, also very needy. They need a lot And they're from here you. to test the parents. Exactly. Subconsciously, they're mm -hmm. always going to do that. Yeah, well, yeah, they want to see, like, am I safe? Yes. Do you love me? Yes, am I exactly. yes, not for bad reasons. Yes. But they're always yes. going to put us under a test. Yes, yes. And, and, and I think that so under even under the most best of circumstances, it's challenging. And then can you imagine that on top of that, the parent is feeling resentful and feeling like I wasn't ready. I didn't or I right. So oh, I see it in sparks all the time with moms mm. with postpartum depression, anxiety, mm. like I always say, yes, it's hormonal. But what else is, is going on there? Is it wow. always only hormonal? No. Yeah. And that's why I ask you this question as a, wow. as a parenting I've, coach. Yeah, I have so much compassion for parents, for all parents, especially for parents in those situations, because it's very tough. 
it's very, very hard and they love their children and they want to do what's best for them. And at the same time, they want to care for themselves and for, you know, it's, it's very hard. An right? inner struggle. Yes. An yes. inner struggle. So being yeah. ready is very important. I mean, I we, believe so. we might going to get beaten up here. For, I was just going to say that we're going into very tricky <laughs> territory here. <laughs> but you know what? We should have yeah. an honest conversation. I was just going to say that. I'm so happy you mentioned it. I'm so happy you brought it up. Yeah, I think that it needs to be said. You know, like for those of us who work with parents, uh, specifically, mostly mothers I work with, and I'm imagining right, same with you, like we see these things and we know it time. exists and we know it's out there. There's so many things. Another thing that people are very ashamed to talk about is mom rage that some parents are also it's and it can come from a combination of things and they really they really they rage at their children and they're so ashamed they think they're the only one they think it makes them a terrible person and they don't want to talk to anybody about it because which crazy person does this and at the same time if only they knew that there's so many parents who struggle with this and there's help out there for them yeah go get help so yeah. Blini, i'm gonna give you the last word this passed so quickly yeah, and I really now did. you are, I see you the first time here today, and I really want to talk to you more. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but yeah. I'm giving you the last word. What is it that you want to tell all these moms listening to us today? Yeah, hmm. what I, I think what I want to say is like what I'm feeling right now is an overwhelming sense of compassion for them. And what I want to say is care for yourself. When you care for yourself, it automatically spills over into your children. I think sometimes we think like, especially listening to me where I say like, you know, don't punish the children and respect them and this and that. Parents can get very caught up in that and stuck and think like, oh, now I need to do this in order to be a good mother. And, and I, I actually really, even though I do believe in everything I said, I believe that it's really much more about yourself and where you're at and how you talk towards yourself and how you treat yourself and how you show up for yourself and what is going on inside of you. And the more that you are taking care of and speaking kindly to yourself and being kind to yourself and standing up for yourself and protecting and your forgiving yourself. Yes, of course, having compassion for yourself. Take the time for yourself. You're not, it's not selfish at all. It's going to help everyone around you, especially your children. Yes. Good, good message. Thank you so much, Blimi. And, um, with all the trouble we had, we still got to do that. So yeah, I'm so, I so Thank happy. You. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much and we Esther. will still speak. It really, really was. Thank you. I Thank appreciate you it. Thank you so much for being here. Take care. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye.